Welcome to Executive Talk. I am with entrepreneur, podcaster, author, Sarah St. John. Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to have you. Tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? You know, tell me something exciting. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Um, as far as something interesting, I, someone recently asked me, "What's something no one knows about you?" And I don't think very many people know I play the drums. So that's interesting, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. You know, I'm from Fort Worth. Uh, and so when, oh. when I heard that you were from the Dallas Fort Worth area, I got so excited because it was just like <laughs> such a, you know, such like a catch to back home, you know, it's great. So where are you located now? So now I actually live out just outside Tel Aviv in Israel. Um, oh. My, yeah, my, my path of living went from... Fort Worth. We lived near the. We lived in the uh, TCU um, area. You know where that is? Mm -hmm, yeah. All right. So we went from there to New Jersey, um, from New Jersey to California, and then from California out here to Israel near Tel Aviv. Now, depending on who I'm talking to, either I do include New Jersey or I completely skip over it because when you're talking to someone and they say, where are you from? And you say, New Jersey, they're like, Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> and then, but if you say, if you say you're from California, they're like, Oh, cool. California. Tell me, you know, like it's all for, for some reason, it's a whole lot more exciting. So, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I love, New Jersey it was it was it was a great place for me, um, but uh, you know it doesn't get the same excitement as like you know California or Tel Aviv. So yeah, it's good. I, yeah, I've heard the same thing. People aren't that interested in New Jersey for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 totally fine. You're a traveler, right? You're a world traveler, aren't you? Yes. Uh huh. Have you? No, been, I have. You, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I haven't been to Israel yet, though. It's on my list, though. <laughs> Israel, you know, I'll tell you one thing that's fabulous about Israel is that no matter which part of the world you're from, there's a piece of that here, you know, here in um, Israel. If you like the beach, there's beach. If you like the desert, there's desert. If you like the mountains, there's mountains. If you like the country, there's country. If you like the city, there's city. It's like amazing. It's like no matter what you like, you can find it here in this tiny little country that's just about the size of New Jersey. It's <laughs> it's so cool. New Jersey had and, to come back into it. <laughs> right? No joke. And you actually might find this interesting because you are, a, you know, being an entrepreneur, working with a lot of startups, you know, both on your own and with other people. Israel has, is actually, it's the startup nation. It, there is so much innovation that happens that comes out of this one little place that is just, it's mind boggling how much, how cool uh, all of this amazing innovation technology and stuff is coming out of this one, uh, one small place. So when you do finally get here at some point, um, let me know. I'd love to give you to a round, show you what's happening. You'll, you'll, you'll love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I know that don't they have some like medical advances, like they're more ahead of the U S with medical technology and stuff. So in some ways, yes, they may, they have amazing medical technologies. Uh, most of it, though, is for um, export. So you get here and your hospital is like, you know, a little tent with camels, you know, walking around on the trays <laughs> and stuff. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> they have... 
Um, but uh, no, yes, they have some amazing, amazing, amazing and uh, innovative medical technologies. Just as one example, um, you know, Mobileye, you know, the big, uh, you know, the big um, com uh, technology company, you'll see it in almost every single car that you drive these days, right? So um, Mobileye uh, is, their home base is in uh, Jerusalem. Mm. You know, and so, and that's just one example of just you know certain innovations that you never knew or might not have known are are from Israel, and that's just that's just one example. There's so many of them. Didn't the Waze app start in Israel? Waze is also an Israeli company, Tel Aviv Hub. That's right. Mm, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and that's just part of it. Anyways, we I can go on. I could talk about this forever, but you know, there's there, but it's okay. We have so many other things to cover, and I I, I want to learn about you, and I want to I want to hear about all the things that you know you have to you know you uh you you have to talk about. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Is that all right? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Um, okay, so cool. I, oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm listening to you. Okay. I wasn't this sure if you wanted show. This is your show. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you wanted me to give the background story. Um, so yeah, I do. Please. I started my entrepreneurial journey over a decade ago. Um, and I started in photography and I realized that while I like taking photos of animals and landscapes and architecture, I didn't really like taking photos of people, but that's where the money is. I was doing weddings and portraits. <laughs> <laughs> but the bigger issue was just the expense, like to maintain and upgrade camera equipment and lighting and just everything. And so I decided that I wanted to switch gears and go online, do an online business. And so I tried several different things like drop shipping, affiliate marketing, blogging, all these different things. And kind of in the process of that, I discovered all these like free or really affordable tools to use to manage a business mm -hmm. online. So I got the idea to write um, the Frugalpreneur book. And then while I was writing the book, I was like, I should launch a podcast to coincide with it. And but it was just going to be like a short-lived thing, like 10 episodes maybe, um, where I was interviewing different CEOs from the companies I mentioned in the book. And mm -hmm. I realized I was getting more leverage and traction with uh, the podcast than the book. And so I just right. kept going. <laughs> and now I'm almost 70 episodes in. And uh, <sighs> yeah, That's I love amazing. it. <laughs> that's that's so cool. So I, I was gonna, uh, that actually was one of my questions: is why why podcasting? Like, why not other channels of uh, of uh, communication? Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because I had heard of the phrase podcasting for a while, and I'm a big music listener, and I never listen to talk radio or anything. The second someone starts talking on the radio, I change the channel. So I figured I <laughs> I figured I wouldn't like listening to podcasts but then right. i heard i heard about all these specific podcasts like smart passive income entrepreneur on fire you know i started listening to those and i just like got hooked immediately and like binge listened to several different podcasts and i still do and so then i was when i was writing the book i was like you know what i could start maybe start a podcast and see how that goes and um but yeah, so I guess it kind of started, and maybe this is kind of how it is for most people. I started podcasting after becoming a big 
podcast listener, but right. I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever be a podcast listener. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how those things work, isn't it? Yeah. I guess the, the difference is that with a podcast it's very targeted. You can pick the, the topic of the podcast you want to listen to. Whereas, you know, radio talk radio, they kind of jump around and talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's targeted and, and then you can listen to it like on demand. It doesn't, right. I don't know. Yeah. It's just so much more convenient. I, I totally, I totally hear that. And also what's interesting is that as the world of podcasting is uh, increasing and you hear so many more people getting involved with it and, you know, doing, you know, doing what they do. Firstly, I'm a huge component of communication tools, you know what I mean? And so if there, if there's a platform or an opportunity for you to create and share your voice for people and to get out there and to listen to you and to do it, then like, go for it. You know, it's amazing. I'm all about that. Um, But what's interesting is that, you know, I get this question all the time. So, well, you know, how do I like I'm on a podcast? How do I get my you know my voice out there? How do I get people to actually want to listen to me? And the truth is the the funny thing is is um, people write blogs all the time, you know, and blogging is a huge component. And the competition for blogs is 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 so much more tremendous of a competitive field than podcasting. So in that regard, podcasting is still like an undertapped um, um, industry in that regard. And so, you know, it's a great, it is definitely a growing place uh, and it's a great place to be and to start, you know, your your communication uh, pathway, you know, to, to get to something new. Um, you know, I was like, do it, yeah, totally do it. And the second part is, don't worry about what other people think. If you have a voice, if you have something to say and you're going to, you know, say it, people want to hear it. Right. And as long as you're authentic for yourself, you know, to yourself and, you know, you are able to share and, you know, get a message across in a succinct way that, you know, that, uh, that shows your, you know, your thought process that shows your vision, that shows your, you know, your, your thoughts, People, there's an audience for that, and people will will find it and they'll listen to it, right? Um, not not to say that you shouldn't be um, aggressive in some of your marketing tactics to help people find you, but with you, you know, but that ability of being able to to talk is at these, you know, still we're still at the very early stages of that, and uh, and there's a lot of potential and growth there. So I think uh, I think that's I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think um, blogs, there's like five five or 600 million blogs, but about a million or 1.5 million podcasts. So yeah, it's like five, four, five, 600 times how many podcasts there are. So it's a lot easier right. to be found with podcasting. But um, yeah, and yeah. Pod, it's been around since 2004. So 15, 16 years, but it's only been in the past year, like since 2019. And then it skyrocketed, like doubled in the number of podcasts. Well, you know what it is. You have all these people stuck at home for, you know, during COVID. And they're like, what else should I do? I know. I'll just start a podcast, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. But what, what's interesting, though, is I'm so curious to know is how is, um, firstly, and again, like I said, I'm all for that. I think that's amazing. What I'm curious to know is people who started podcasts because they wanted something to do, so to speak, while at home during COVID, when this is all over, what's going to happen? Are they going to continue with that? Or are they not going to continue with that? And I think 
I think when we get to that breaking point, there's going to be another transition component because for people who are looking to be persistent and to keep pushing in that communication channel, um, they're going to find that there's going to be a drop, a little bit of a drop off of, 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 um, of content fog uh, they're gonna they're gonna be able to like push through into a little bit of a clearing as they you know as they continue to solidify their voice a little bit stronger um um and better you know yeah i imagine like people who start a podcast just for fun uh that might drop drop off but uh or they won't stick with it but people who started for business hopefully they're seeing how it can grow their business and we'll stick with it <laughs> I would hope so. You know, look, I would hope so. Like, you know, I really, I really encourage people to pull out all the stops that they can when talking about uh, promotion and when talking about opportunities to share their their voice. Look, we, you know, we have we work with a whole variety of companies and industries uh, locally and abroad, and one of the biggest challenges that they come to us with that they that they're looking for solutions for is is how do I break the barrier of of where our brand is, you know, is like right now, like, you know, they, they've done everything, quote unquote, they've done everything that they know how to do and their brand or business has hit a certain plateau and they can't pass that plateau. And so now they're like, well, how do we get beyond that? Right. How do we how do we go more? Um, and one of the things that we encourage them to do is to try new forms of communication that they might not have been doing before or helping them tweak the what they are doing to do it a little bit better, whether it's, you know, whether it is podcasting, whether it's video, right, or whether it's, you know, written or, or oral communication, there's so there's so much that you can do people don't realize the opportunities and potential um and they get honestly they get scared by it they're they're intimidated people get in if you have these like high profile ceos and cmos who you know are like running the world and then you ask them to get in front of the camera and they don't know what to do and you're just like really really Okay, so <laughs> so let's do this. Okay, you don't want to be on camera. That's fine. Let's find someone else on your team who will. That's okay. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find someone who's willing to get on camera. Um, I, you know, I actually just, um, I actually just did a um, a um, what is it? A uh, tips workshop for one for this high profile CEO who you know, you would think is like in charge of the world, right? And he sat down, he showed me one of his videos that that he made. And I looked at him and I was just like trying so hard not to cringe in front of his face. And I said, I said, with all due respect, I said, I really support and appreciate all the things that you're doing for your business, but you cannot go on camera like this. <laughs> and, and we had, um, you know, and we, we just had like a whole workshop about how do you present on camera? And it's, it's amazing how many people are scared uh, to be, you know, to have that face in, um, in that regard. But if you're able to, um, if you're able to get past that boundary, there's limitless opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I have a question for you. Uh -huh. Okay, so you're you're an entrepreneur. You you talk about uh, you know building businesses and you know like what it takes to you know what are the right building blocks in order to to get out there to you know get people 
moving, right? To, whether it's to start or whether it's to to to, to continue. Tell me, t- tell me about that, right? In your opinion, now obviously, don't give away your whole book, but um, what does it take to start a business? Like where, like where, where, where do you even begin from? Uh, well, I mean, the first step would be to figure out what you want to do. Um, like if you're starting an online business, are you wanting to create content uh, via a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel? Or are you wanting to, you know, start an s- online store? Uh, there's so many different things you could do. Um, so first establishing like what you want to do and then what niche you want to get in. Um, like, do you want to reach other entrepreneurs? Do you want to reach mothers? I mean, so many different, um, like I had a drop shipping business for baby onesies. (laughs) So, I mean, there's so many different avenues you could go in. Uh, but obviously once you establish what niche you want and what you want to do as far as you want, do you want to store, do you want to do content? Um, how do you want to make money? Basically, (laughs) then the first step would be to have a website, of course. Um, and you can get a domain for a dollar at one and onecom That's where I get all my domains. Um, and then let's see, you could get, well, the website you could do for free uh, with WordPress, though you do have to pay for hosting and that's as low as like three bucks a month. Um, right. And then, you know, get a logo done. You could do one in Canva for free uh, or, you know, hire someone on Fiverr for five bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I recommend starting an email list right away. Uh, and for content creators in particular, a really good one is SendFox. Uh, okay. It's actually free up to 3,000 subscribers. But what I like about it is that if you have a YouTube channel, you can put in your uh, the link. Or if you have a podcast or a blog, you can put in the RSS feed. And every week, it'll automatically generate... Uh, a newsletter to send out to your list that has, yeah. So it, it saves a lot of time. Um, another one I really like is Mailer Light, which also is free. I think up to one or two thousand subscribers, but you can build like landing pages and lead magnets with that one. Um, cool. So I mean, as far as getting started, like really, really affordably, uh, you know, a website with a domain and hosting, a logo, obviously a name for your business. Um, and an email list really well on social media, uh, as well, though. I don't recommend only being on social. I know people who their whole business is on Facebook, but the problem, yeah, the problem with that though, is that's like rented land versus having a website and an email list is owning your land because you never know what's going to happen with Facebook or any social media platform. If they'll be around and a decade or the algorithms are always changing. So like on Facebook, on your business page, unless you boot pay to boost it or do ads, uh, hardly anyone is seeing your posts anyway. So true. Email marketing is such an underplayed uh, form of marketing. People assume that it's just, you know, nobody wants to get your your emails and that the way to go is on social media. But the truth is, is that you're right, because let's say you put out a post on your Facebook page, organically speaking, you're only 
if you're lucky, you're getting one to 2% of your follower base to actually see your post organically. So if you want more people to see it, you're paying for it, okay? And email, okay, uh, whether you realize this or not, Yes, people, not everyone wants to get your email, but I promise you is that if you're providing information that people want or, you know, they appreciate, they will not, they will open it, right? They, they, they won't discard it. They'll open it. And your open rates and your, your communication opportunities and the people, the amount of um, um, eyeballs of people seeing your content is still so much greater. Don't, you know, don't underplay uh, email marketing. There's still a huge potential, you know, whether, whatever you hear, you know, there's still huge potential for success when it comes to email marketing. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some people will say like email marketing is dead, but that's, I mean, really email marketing is the best way to ensure that you're reaching people. And, and like you said, not everyone's going to read it. People might take, you know, unsubscribe or put it in spam or whatever, but there's still going to be, you're still going to probably have more, a higher open rate percentage than people who see your posts on Facebook. So <laughs> probably that's probably true. But also one of the things that we advise people on when you're building an email list, and I know it might sound counterintuitive, but is to set up a two-step verification process for receiving that email, right? Because the more, the more that, um, the more that you could quantify the leads of people who are receiving your emails, uh, they're going to want to open them and receive them actually, right? Because people get really um, misguided by, uh, they think, yeah, I have 10,000 people on my email list, right? But what they don't realize is that 9,000 of them actually don't care about you, right? And they signed up for whatever reason that they might have signed up for, or, you know, maybe they didn't even mean to on purpose. Um, and then you're really, your content is not is not working the way that you want it to, and all your statistics are are flawed, right? But when you set up a two-step verification, meaning that someone joins your email and then you send them uh, like a follow-up uh, communication, whether it's another email or a pop-up or something that says, "Hey, you know, are you sure that you want to sign up for this?" You know, click to confirm your your to verify your your email address, um, and they do that. That second opt-in component will really help solidify qualified. Leads. And the more that you can uh, build your list of qualified leads, the better your the better use of your email list that you're going to get out of that, and you're going to see more sales out of that, more revenue out of that. Because you might, you're right, it might be smaller. Your list might be smaller, but in this case, it's not the size that counts. What matters here is the quality that you know that that goes into it. Um, and so we uh, we we often often send out emails to people who don't open our emails, right? If we, if, if we've been sending out emails for, I don't know, you know, say for the last six months and over the last six months, there's a whole crew of people who have not been opening up our emails. We'll actually send them an email that says, do you want to unsubscribe from our list? Right. I, I don't want to hold anyone hostage. Right. If you don't want to receive our, you know, our content, so don't, I'm happy to take you off of our list. And the reason the real reason why we do that is because number one is we want to keep our quality high, right? And then pe we want people who actually care about our content to get our content. Number one, and number two is that if you have it, if you have a huge list, 
but most of those emails are either bounces or unopens, it will skew and mess up your delivery for the people who are your quality leads. Because whatever program you're going to use that's going to send out these emails, it's going to start registering your list as a spam list. And then those emails will start getting into people's promotion boxes and spam boxes, but not their inboxes. And so as much as you can, you want to keep your email list as uh, as authentic as as possible. So you know whether so that it, that includes cleaning it, that includes verifying it, and I would even suggest when building an email list, have a two step verification. You know, for people to actually opt in and you know to say no, 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 I really do want this. Please, you know, please sign me up. Yeah, exactly. Those are great points. Um, and like for some reason that brought to mind. Um, so one way that I like to generate leads is by doing giveaways through King Sumo, which is actually a free tool. And, but the thing is, is you got to make sure that whatever you're giving away is relevant. Cause like, if you say I'm giving away an iPhone, well, everyone and their dog is going to sign up for that. Uh, and they're not going to be your target market. Most of them. Correct. Uh, so like what I do is I do giveaways, um, I just give away a book every month, uh, some sort of entrepreneurial book. So it's like, first of all, the dollar value. I mean, for someone to give up their email address to enter a giveaway to possibly win a $20 book, I mean, they got to be pretty targeted to, to bother, first of all. And secondly, um, the item, you know, is entrepreneurial related. And so it's, yep. yeah, so basically don't give away iPhones and things like that, unless you're <laughs> maybe unless you're like a phone store or like a Apple, you know, uh, <laughs> um, or if you do want to look like you just have a huge email list, right? You're just giving away huge, you know, huge prizes just for the sake of saying, yes, look at me. I have 50,000 people on, on my email list. You know, that's great. Um, so good for you. I applaud that. But, you know, we we, um, you know, we talk about it all the time said, I would rather have a smaller list with higher quality than a larger list with zero interaction, right? When you have a Facebook page, it's nice to see that you have 15,000 followers of your Facebook page, right? But if you have a zero to 1% engagement rate, then it doesn't matter how many followers you have, your, your, your page is not going to do well, right? Your content is not being seen. And it's not, it's not relevant. Your audience is not helping you, right? And in business, whatever, no matter how small or how big, your audience is the people who matter most. And if you're not, if you don't, if you're not talking to the right people, you're not, you're not selling it. You're not getting right. You're not, you're not going to make the opportunity or build your revenue stream appropriately because you have completely skewed and misrepresentative uh, statistics and that's not going to help your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> Let me see a question. So entrepreneurship, right? Um, you talk a lot about it. In your opinion, what are the best traits uh, that an entrepreneur can have? I would say determination and drive because um you know, someone might start a business and it fails and they're like, ah, well, this isn't for me. Well, then I wouldn't consider them an entrepreneur. They just <laughs> were just trying something out. <laughs> <laughs> but like, 
experimental we call them experimental yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um but yeah i've been an entrepreneur for over a decade and had a variety of businesses so if a business fails or say it doesn't necessarily fail but you want to switch gears and try something else or whatever uh that drive and determination i would say to just kind of keep going and um yeah motivation (laughs) (laughs) i i great I, I hear that. Look, entrepreneurship is a bumpy road and there's ups and there's downs and there's a lot more downs than ups in the beginning and how it goes. And if you're not determined to succeed, right? If you're not driven to, you know, to your success, you're going to have a very, very hard time. Um, so I, I totally appreciate that. You have to be persistent. You have to be driven, um, you know, and you have to work really hard. I, mm-hmm. you know, I really hear that. You got to work really hard. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, author, podcaster, bottom line, you're a communicator. You're like, you're like queen communicator here. So in your experience here, um, the key to good communication is being able to tell a good story, let people in to your experience, share that experience in order to, you know, let people have, you know, let people get on board with you, you know, on your journey. Um, how do you tell a good story? How do you help people get into your business with you, right? Whether you're at the very beginning stages and you know you deal with this all the time, right? Or you've already been working in your business. How would a new business owner, uh, or how would you instruct a new business owner or um, um, entrepreneur to tell a good story to help their audience buy into their product or their brand? Uh, well, I guess, going over like some hurdles and obstacles that you've experienced yourself and, and how you've overcome those and how your, I guess, whatever your product or service is, how it has changed you and, and those around you, the, your customers, um, definitely giving like testimonials and, uh, gathering testimonials and, success stories and things like that. So telling other people's stories as well. Um, But like for me, I think kind of, and I did a very brief version at the beginning of this episode, but my, my story, some I've narrowed it. I've gotten it down to, I don't know how many, what was that? A couple of minutes maybe, but (laughs) I, it used to be longer, much longer. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just kind of helping people understand like, why you do what you do, how you got there, the process, how it wasn't always easy, how there are failures and ups and downs. And I think just relating to people, uh, whatever the story might be, being able to relate to them and to where they can kind of see themselves in that story or in your shoes, or maybe they are actually in your shoes. Like they've experienced that exact same thing. Um, so yeah, I would say just trying to tell your own story and and relate to people, but don't try to make, don't try so hard at, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) to where it's not even your story anymore. (laughs) In other words, you're saying be, be authentic to your process. Don't be afraid to, to express your failures along with your successes and let people see that. Is that, is that what you're saying? Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I, um, and oh, sorry. Go ahead. Please go ahead. 
No, 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 go. <laughs> this is uh, your show, Sarah. This is your show. God, you keep talking. Go. Well, I think there's like a delay or a lag or something. So it's like we keep, um, yeah. but I guess with you in Israel, that's bound to happen. But um, yeah, like uh, for example, I did a podcast episode a few months ago, maybe a couple months ago. Um, I had an online travel agency that was just one of my many businesses and it was fairly successful, but with COVID and everything, I had to cancel all my bookings and with the travel agency, you don't actually make any money until they take the trip. Um, and so I had already been kind of contemplating like stopping that because the podcasting and all that stuff was like taking over and becoming more like what I wanted to do long-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with COVID and how it impacted the travel agency, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And so I closed that business. And so I did a podcast episode about that. So like, I'm open, like you were saying, be honest, authentic, open, um, let people even see your failures or your, I mean, I wouldn't say it was necessarily failure, because the business was successful, but I still closed it. So it was kind of like, no, the circumstances caused you to say, this is not viable at this current moment. The smart decision in that regard is to put that business on pause because what good is running a business that doesn't have any customers or can't operate. Right. Right. That's a loss of time. That's a loss of resources. That's a loss of um, um, energy and finance. And so the smart move in that case would be, no, no, we're going to shut our doors. And it doesn't mean we're not going to reopen, but we're shutting our doors for right now. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, just having a podcast episode about that. I mean, I, I don't know why I necessarily did it other than I guess my point in the episode was that you know, there are, it's okay to fail or to give up or, you know, and move on to something else or whatever. But a lot of people probably wouldn't feel comfortable sharing, you know, things like that. So I I think that, like you said, it's important to be authentic. There's a vulnerability. People, people are scared to be vulnerable, right? But what they don't realize is that vulnerability is really the key to opportunity and success, right? When you embrace your vulnerability, you you really set the platform for tremendous opportunity because what you think is holding you back is really the thing that's propelling you forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and everyone, everyone has that has that vul- vulnerable piece to them. Everyone, right? They may not admit it to you, but it's there. Um, and the more that you're able to embrace that vulnerability, the better you're going to see that it's going to turn into positive success in a in a in a much more fruitful way than you could have ever um, imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and you're talking about stories. So, uh, you know, I, I I read this very interesting uh, piece about about storytelling, and that people will remember a great story versus the facts of something. Right. And if you want someone to remember something, don't tell it to them as like factual, you know, statements of, yes, this is in this and this list. Don't do it like that. Tell them a story. 
right? They'll remember the story because what what you're doing is by by telling that story, you're bringing people into the scenario in a way that they could understand it, and you're creating an opportunity to engage with them in a way that is um, inviting. Um, and so we, you know, we we instruct our clients all the time that you know before we can start activating your marketing tools, okay, your social media, your content, your videos, your, you know, your ads, whatever promotions we're going to, before we can start activating those tools, we need to get clear what it is that we're telling people, right? You're in charge of your story, of your own story, right? And the very, the very first two questions we always ask is, what do you want your people to know about you, right? What do you want them to know? And then what do you want them to do after you tell them? Um, and knowing how to tell that story, but even better, knowing how to invite people in with that story is going to be really the determining factor between growing your business in a way that matters versus just, you know, pulling at straws and trying to see what, what you can do. Because when your story is clear, right, whether you're an individual, you know, you're a small business, you, you're a big brand, it doesn't make a difference. Um, people will relate to your story because it relates to them and they will trust that and they will want to go and they will want to continue and to follow suit with that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I totally, uh, I, I totally appreciate that of uh, all those things that, that you just said. What our goal is, is we have to help people, you, you know, you as well. Like, and I know this is what you do too. How do you, how, how do you get people to be able to share their story in a way that is clear and that makes sense and that want, and that creates that invitation for, for other people? That's the question. Um, and the short answer is that there's, you know, you don't want to hear it like this, but there's no one way. It really depends. Your stories are also personal, and the reasons of your businesses are also personal. That everyone has its own opportunity, but you just if you pinpoint out the pieces that matter, you pinpoint out the pain points, you pinpoint out the successes, you pinpoint out the value, you pinpoint out the timeline for your business or your brand, that's, those are the pieces that you need in order to help, in order to generate that story in a way that makes sense for you as your business, but also for your audiences. Yeah, those are good points. <laughs> I like um, on some people's websites, like uh, Chris Ducker, I think is one example. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he has, on I think it's his about page or something. He has like different dates, like his story basically. And there's several other websites I've seen like that. And I think that's pretty creative. <laughs> yeah, no, totally true. Also the big mistake that, that people make with their websites is they use their website to talk all about them right? Work with me because I'm great. We're great. We're, you know, like work with us because we're, this is what we do. Da, 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 right. Um, but what they miss out on is the, the really successful websites are the ones that know how to, uh, how to turn their information onto the, onto their, um, audiences, right? In other words, it's not about me, me, me. It's about you, right? My, and the, and a really a successful website, Right? A really successful website is going to be the one that's going to talk 
all about the client and all about the customer because the customer is going through it and say, yes, that is me. Yes, yes, that's me, right? Okay, cool, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I want that, right? Because um, that's, and that's how you're able to relate to it. So for all your new business, you know, for all the people that are starting new businesses, you know, um, make sure that you remember how to talk to your people. Don't, it's not all about your own self-promotion. It's all about the people that you're working with and how you you can get them to want to say, oh, of course that makes sense. Of course I want to work with you. You really hit the nail on the head with my struggle. No problem. Yes, let's pick up the phone and let's call, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are good points. <laughs> what, what, um, what are your marketing go-tos? No, it's like someone starts their business, right? They, they, or their, you know, and their websites are up, everything's going. Uh, they're starting. They started their podcast. They wrote their book. Now what? What, what, what do you instruct people to do? Of like, what are the next go-to marketing pieces that make the most sense? Um. So obviously, the email list. Um, I recommend starting a podcast for to to coincide with any business. Really, that's what I've learned is that that because you reach so many people that way, like, cause all the podcast directories are search engines. And then even like with Google, you might search for something and, and podcasts will now pop up cause they're like transcribing them. Uh, and so being able to be found is easier, I think with a podcast. Um, and then people get to know, like, and trust you. But I mean, even if you decide not to have your own podcast, to at least guest on other people's podcasts, um, leverage their audience and whatnot. And, and if you both have a podcast, you know, maybe cross promote and and whatnot. And so I've just found that that's one way to generate more leads and get more traffic and whatnot. Um, also, creating a, a lead magnet of some sort. Um, usually a, a free ebook or uh, checklist or cheat sheet or s a video series or something like that in order to capture leads. Usually they provide their email address to get that. Uh, it's a value exchange. Uh, and then you can market to them in the future. Uh, but then like, so you could run, you know, Facebook ads to that lead magnet, for example. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so I guess kind of leveraging social media, mainly ads, uh, because just at least with Facebook, just posting isn't really going to get you anywhere. But right. Uh, but and the ads are so targeted and affordable. Um, I mean, of course, as time goes on, the more expensive it gets. But um, so right. ads, and then you know, with a lead magnet, and then um, podcasting. I would say those are like the main. At least for me, those are the main things I've done. You know, one of the tricks that you can do when you're running your Facebook ads to keep your budget down, but your your reach high and impactful is that if you are having a lead magnet, right, and you're collecting email addresses, um, what you a very effective way to reinforce those leads is to um, Facebook has in your custom um, um, audiences, you can you can create an audience of your email list. And so what you do is you upload your email list into Facebook, and then you run target 
marketing ads to your emails, to those emails, right? And so now those people are getting your email, whether they open them or not, they're getting your emails, but now you're, re, you're retargeting them on Facebook with different content and you're just reinforcing the different brands. And so if whatever you're sending them on your email is not working, so then now you have another opportunity at a much more cost-effective way because because your list is so is so targeted right the cost for you know the cost for those clicks are are pennies you know as opposed to you know so much more than that because you're you're not targeting the entire industry um and then you can you can push at them other forms of content to see, well, if they're not opening up my emails, but I still want them to see what's going on, let me try a whole variety of other, uh, you know, of other pieces of, of content and see what they do resonate with. And then, you know, and then you could reinforce that list with a little bit more retargeting with a, you know, with a step process to kind of like help them answer the questions that you're really putting out for them. Um, and that's a great way in order on a small budget to maximize your, you know, your, 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 your leads cross platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, and then it kind of makes them feel like you're everywhere. They're like, wow, this person, this business is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, I really should speak with that. You know, they really, <laughs> they, they must know what they're doing. Uh, awesome. Sarah St. John, it has been a pleasure, pleasure speaking with you. If someone wants to get in touch with you, uh, how, you know, how do they find you? So actually, I so I have three books, Frugalpreneur, Authorpreneur, and Podcastpreneur. And you can get all three for free, the PDF version, um, at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. Uh, that's okay. the, and then Sarah with an H, and St. John is S-T-J-O-H-N. And then I'm on social media everywhere at the Sarah St. John. Fantastic. Well, it was a pleasure. I'm I'm so glad you came to chat with us here on um, um, Executive Talk. We love talking with you know exciting entrepreneurial, creative people like yourself. Um, and we get to, I you know every time I talk to someone else, you know I get to learn so much more about you know about business, about creativity, about uh, entrepreneurship. And it was and I really I really appreciated this conversation with you. Thank you for coming to uh, to chat with us. Well, thanks so much for, for having me. I learned a lot. Too. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. So much my pleasure. Have a have an amazing day and uh, and we will continue this conversation hopefully really soon. That sounds good. Thank you. No problem. Okay. So, how was that? How you doing? <laughs> that was fun. I, I liked it. I liked how you uh, put in your own kind of teaching and stuff in there and that was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> um you know look i'm just trying to have a cover you know just trying right. to share what we got you know because i'm sure that um a lot of your listeners and followers you know could also appreciate uh some tips and things that they might you know they might be able to benefit from so always happy to you know to to go back and forth like that but yeah for sure for sure so when you um, think, oh, I was just going to ask when you think it, the episode will go live. So the way that it works is after we finish uh, recording, then we're going to to touch it up. Um, and then it's going to go in queue with the, with the next, you know, within line. So it'll probably go live in about a week and a half to two weeks. Um, but I will let you know in advance before it comes up. And then uh, anyone, and then you could... Uh, 
access the podcast either on YouTube, social media, and then it's also on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, any other major, you know, podcast platforms. Um, and then I'll send you the links to all of them and then feel free to do whatever, whatever you want to do with them. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll share the episode as well. Awesome. Um, cool. Sarah, it was, it was really great to meet you. I really hope that this is the start of a, you know, of a, of a friendship and a communication here. Um, and, uh, you know, if there's anything else that I can do, you need help with anything or anything else, you know, or anything else, please, you know, be in touch. I would love to make sure I would love to continue this conversation with you. Well, that sounds great. I've enjoyed meeting you and talking with you. <laughs> Likewise. All right. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day and uh, uh, I, I'll talk to you. All right. All right. You too. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. Take care. Bye. Bye.